energy. I need energy. Energy! Yeah, thank you. Hello and welcome to the Still Chill Podcast. Hi everyone. This week we're going to be discussing loneliness. It's a topic that's been brought up around me, for me, (laughs) to me, for a long time. Um, And given the circumstances with the pandemic, I thought it was quite an appropriate thing to, to bring up and discuss. Yeah. I think so too. Uh, We looked up some statistics earlier, didn't we? Yeah. So the most recent ones that we could find were that there are 9 million people in the UK who have reported feeling lonely. Um, And 4 million of those are older people. Yeah. Uh, We can't always rely on statistics. Obviously, they're not super accurate. That's just based off of the people who have actually reported feeling Mm -hmm. lonely. Um, But it gives us a, a... Pretty good idea. A baseline. Yeah, it seems to be at an all-time high at the moment. And then we also saw that in 2018, the government appointed a minister for loneliness. um, And they then created, like, the first loneliness strategy in order to combat this in Mm -hmm. the country. But I think that really goes to show that this is... This is now a huge issue. Like an actual issue, yeah. yeah. Um, Because that was the first ever strategy that they'd created. And what was the aim? Like, why did they create it? Um, it, it was more targeted at older people. Right. Um, and I don't know if that's because, you know, people are living longer now, mm. which means that they're going to be more isolated and they don't have immediate family and friends. And moving back to last week's, everyone is more individualised. So course, we've lost yeah. this community sense. Because you're, like, in our culture, like, you live with your... Like, your grandparent live with, lives with you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that's normal. Um, community looks out for each other, whereas here it's like, yeah, fend for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so I think that's what it was aimed at, um, and just trying to, I guess, yeah, create community, but it doesn't seem like loads has been done. I know that there are charities, especially for older people, like Age UK, etc., that are that are doing these things, and the government is probably funding them as well. Um, but that's kind of all I've seen. Yeah. Have you seen anything? Well, yeah, actually, funnily enough, Raha. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw that UCL are doing a series of social studies now about the pandemic, so how COVID-19 right. See, is affecting See, I was wondering about this as well, because I thought I can't find any proper statistics mm-hmm. regarding, you know, between March 2020 and, like, now and how that's affected people yeah i can't i haven't actually found anything on that so um ucl are doing these studies so that they can share their results with the nhs with the government with who and public health england right okay um to be honest i haven't had a look through them all like i i don't know yeah but this one specifically was on um was about that important risk factors for adult loneliness during covid19 so people who are our age, essentially, and a bit older. Which is what our age is. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, not expose. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, can you um, just read off the results for me? Yeah, so important risk factors for adult loneliness are being young, so ages 18 to 30, uh, living alone, having low income, being unemployed, which is not surprising, and having a mental health condition. And then there's also other characteristics that carry a small increase in the risk of being lonely, both before and during the pandemic. Uh, These ones are interesting. So Mm. it's non-white ethnicity. Right. Low educational attainment. uh, Being female. 
And living in urban areas. Wow. Ooh. It makes sense. It makes full <laughs> sense. From lived experience. Why do you think the non-white ethnicity is one of the, like, one of the characteristics? What of loneliness? Um, I think, and I can only speak on my own experience. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, it's this not knowing where you stand between cultures. Oh, um, Yeah. It's um, moving away from like this co- almost suffocating communal. Well, to me, it felt suffocating because I thought the right way was the individualized way. I'm now unlearning that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but I felt suffocated by this sense of always being together, and then also didn't fit into the Western culture because some things just seemed way off to me. So yeah. I felt really lonely in this grey area. Yeah, and it's definitely a grey area. Yeah. I, I fully resonate with that, actually. Um, because that was kind of like my experience when I first went to uni. Mm. Like, I very much felt like before, when we would go to school, we would be in a predominantly white space, but then I was able to come home and talk yeah. to you guys and eat my food, speak my language, you know, really be within my own culture. And then when I went to uni, I was just in that white space all the time and that made I feel like that's probably when I felt lonely for the first time because I wasn't able to to practice my culture I didn't have your support system yeah exactly um so yeah I I I that makes that makes full sense and then obviously the important risk factors being being young living alone having low income being unemployed yeah having a mental health condition like and then they want to call millennial snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, like, it's it's not easy. No, not at all. Yeah, so that's, that's what they found so far. I think these studies are continuing on. Yeah. And hopefully there'll be more data that comes out that kind of informs us on who we can help or who needs the most help. Yeah. You know? But I do think there's a difference between... Um, there's there's being isolated and feeling lonely or there's being isolated and being completely content and being happy within yeah. your own space, which I feel like you and I are. Yeah. But then you can also be in a, surrounded by loads of people and still feel really, really alone. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's, it's not necessarily about your physical surroundings. It's about how you feel internally. Exactly, yeah. It's about feeling isolated on the inside, not necessarily being isolated on the outside. Yeah. Um, and we talk about being socially isolated, me and you, but we're also very social people. Like, I think we need to not undermine yeah. that. Like, I do need my fix and I do feel energised when I'm around my friends. Um, and I know I've got that support system, so yeah. I, I can feel at ease when I am alone, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I feel like a lot of people don't have that. And it goes back to this loss of community and the sense of community yeah. that a lot of us are experiencing. I definitely found that before the pandemic, I was actually going out of my way to spend time alone mm. more um, because I was just happier that way. Yeah. Um, and since Corona's happened and we've had to we've had to isolate... I'm actually starting to to miss having the option of being go, of of being able to go out and socialize and talk to people and I now I'm suddenly like oh my god did I take all of those times for granted should I have reached yeah. out I didn't realize how much I actually valued that and how much yeah how much it benefited me I think to to have conversations with people and 
be able to relate to one another and all of that kind of stuff. But here's why I, this is why mindfulness is so important in day-to-day life and moment by moment because you need to know your capacity moment by moment. It's not that you make a final decision yeah. that I'm not a social person so I don't want to be social anymore. It's seeing what you have the capacity for yeah. hour by hour, day by day, you know, um, not just closing yourself off, being mm-hmm. open to these things uh, because your needs will vary and if you listen to your needs there and then you're not going to live in regret yeah for sure have do you think you've ever closed yourself off oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah um I think I there was a period in time where I was just learning so much it was like one of the most transformative periods of my life and I just felt like no one could I could I couldn't relate to anyone and it just felt very lonely yeah so I very quickly stopped my transformative work and just Mm -hmm. kind of try to find a balance between doing that and still being like being able to talk to my friends yeah I just felt like I was preaching all the time (laughs) you know yeah um so yeah I did close myself off and but I didn't close myself off in a way that I was like um I don't ever want to talk to anyone again I just felt like at that time I needed that space yeah but again I also I acknowledged when I felt like it was too much and that I needed my friends back in my life and I needed to reach out so I needed to see what I needed to do to compromise which I think I probably compromised too much in hindsight oh really oh yeah a little bit yeah definitely you mean compromise like you're preaching and no compromise my learning right yeah yeah and this is the thing that I feel like I have a lot of conflict with I feel like if I do that it becomes a hindrance to my growth yeah it's important to know when to compromise but again I think that feeds into this new obsession with self where it's all about your growth and your transformation yeah etc etc you're not really giving people a chance like we said yeah you know, off to, the back of the last exactly episode. and my friends are so open to learning man honestly yeah. they yeah so how do you i mean it's so difficult to say with um lockdown and everything but what what did you do to to combat feeling lonely Mm. um like I said like I had to acknowledge the fact that I was feeling isolated yeah like literally spiritually isolated and it's important to note that we're actually not biologically wired to be alone we're yeah we're not we are social animals um so understanding that I'm feeling some sort of withdrawal Mm -hmm. and I feel depleted yeah Um, it's very easy to convince yourself that you're fine you're fine yeah and that you don't need any like at least for me I'm like I don't need anyone I I'm independent lady out here getting on with I'm booked and busy and I'm doing this and that um but you know what is important it's important to seek that support with intention knowing who's able to be there for you and offer the right kind of conversation Right. So not just seeking support, like seeking friendships from anyone and everyone. Oh, d- yeah, definitely. Definitely. Seeing who you can t- turn to. And actually, for me, actually, one of the most transformative things um, in realizing this was I went on a retreat and it was a loving kindness retreat. So we did loads of compassion mm. meditations and compassion practices. And I was able to forgive so many people during that time. And it just opened it literally there was a physical shift in my heart. I think I spoke about this before. And I just realized that like, we all, we, we're all connected and we all need each other and we need to stop fronting because (laughs) it's getting harmful. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it helped me to see my own humanity and then consequently see it in others and, and notice this connection. Yeah. Um, and not try and make everyone be the same or see things the way that I see it. Yeah. And open myself up to see things how they see it, essentially. Which sounds... I feel like it's so simple. (laughs) It's so much easier said than done, but yeah, that makes sense. What about you? Um, More or less the same thing, I would say. Mm. I think it it comes down to almost surrendering to that. I think I spent a lot of time building up a wall, you know, the classic... I, there was an accumulation of like negative experiences. But I why think, do I you? Had. To, sorry to delve in a bit deeper here. Why do you think you built up that wall? I just always thought people were going to disappoint me. Mm. By a certain point, I just was like, "Our oh, real friends don't exist." Socialize. There's no point in socializing because it's all a facade. People pretend to be one way when they're not, mm. and you know, I I had this really clear narrative <laughs> of what I thought of people and and the expectations that I had um and then after a while you realize bro I am I haven't spoken to anyone in (laughs) weeks yeah um and it it definitely takes I, I know at least for me it took a toll on my mental health but also just the way that I viewed the world not just yeah. people um and then yeah it it was just slowly surrendering opening mm. myself up admit <laughs> admitting is the first step mm. being like i am actually lonely i should probably and not just like you said not just reach out to anybody um but i was very um specific with the people about who i was spending my time with yeah uh, that's probably i mean it's it's definitely a journey yeah. but i'm I, I definitely feel like i've come a long way from where i was and it's a lot of unlearning again isn't a it? lot of unlearning yeah 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 and it, it, the same way with your retreat uh forgiveness and, yeah. and being able to kind of see the bigger picture yeah and step outside of yourself for a moment and actually treat people with and also on that note sorry forgiving yourself because yeah. you do stuff to people and exactly. say stuff to people and then you carry shame around yeah. that and a lot of times we close ourselves off yeah to that person or to those people because we're ashamed of our actions and of how we've been with them but yeah there's always an olive branch you know yeah like, yeah and and if anything I just felt like I, I got to a point where I would just close myself off to people as soon as I'd meet them mm. and I just realized that, that judgment though yes mm. massively but I was judging everyone. It wasn't yeah. just, you know, one particular type of person. It was just like, uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I, mean? I don't want no new friends, no new friends. Yeah. You yeah. know? So I just closed myself <laughs> off straight away. Um, to then realize that I'm just limiting my own experience. Mm. In this life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. In my experience, judging other people... It comes really easy when you judge yourself all the time. Yeah. Like, obviously, you're going to judge other people for doing... Like, you're going to hold people to the same standard that you hold yourself to, right? Exactly, yeah. But we're so overly harsh and overly critical of ourselves that it's not actually right to hold other people up to that same standard. Yeah. And it's, it, we experience that as a loss, like... Yeah, it's it, actually very unfair yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So cool. What did that study find? I think they they had some... Um... Yeah, so they their results for alleviating loneliness. So these were just the, some of the conclusions um, that they drew up. Drew? Drew? Conclusions they drew? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one um, is well-tailored interventions that take into account things like access to technology, people's interests and where they live. Second one was reducing the stigma of loneliness. Yeah. Wow. I definitely get that because I, when I was spending time by myself for quite a long time, (laughs) there would be times where I would want to go out and do certain things, like especially events or things that I was interested in. And I was so scared of going by myself just because I was worried what people were going to think about me being there alone. Right. Um, For example, like I've gone to gigs on my own Mm. or like art galleries or you know whenever I found something interesting and anytime I've gone I'm like are people looking at me being like why is that girl by herself and Mm. you start to worry and get paranoid I mean I moved past that and I just went anyway but I definitely think that there's a stigma definitely and you know what that's just made me think of I think one of the most triggering things in regards to loneliness for me is social media because all you see on there is obviously events and things that people go to in a group. Yeah. Holidays, um, nights, just meetups, walks in the park, down the river, all this stuff, right? So everyone, you're just exposed to everyone's friends and their friendships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's their highlight reel, of course. But it can sometimes make you feel like, oh, like, I don't think I have a group of friends. Or I don't feel like I have someone I could just go for a walk with. Or oh, da, da, yeah, da, da, the da. FOMO. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Even though a lot of them, you know that they're, be- like, you know about their friendship. And you know how they talk about each other behind their backs and things. Yeah, or you just know about the dynamic of their relationship. relationship. And you don't even want any it's part not of that. that. It's that that you want. It's not their relationship that you want. It's just... You want to do activities with other people. Yeah, you want the companionship. Yeah. Like, you want to be, yeah, around people. And I, I, God, I know that feeling. But again, like we mentioned previously, a lot of people have these experiences and they have these companionships, but they still feel really lonely on the inside. They feel not seen. And you know what? Funnily enough, and I've noticed this so much, is when I see, like, a group of friends out and I see this mostly in female friendship groups where they'll be together, take a selfie, like, oh, Mm. I'm with my girlies, and they'll tag one another. But the minute that photo is posted, they're all just straight back on their phones and Mm. none of them are talking to each other. No one's in the room. Everyone is on their phones and they're all looking at this picture that they've just posted together. But you're not doing what you're showing Showing to the world right now. Um, So I think it's really important that... And I've done it myself when I've been with people... Um. yeah be be in there be present with them you know like save the social media take the photo post it later yeah definitely Um. and then the third and last one was supporting relationships can be important and funnily enough they actually found that it, the virtual uh, meetings mm-hmm. and uh, virtual chats actually didn't have the same impact that real ones did right which I think is really, really important to know. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Like, being in a room full of your friends is going to be very different to doing Zoom quizzes. Yeah. Like, you feel that there's... The energetic exchange is missing. 
um, the atmosphere, everything. It's just not there. Yeah. You're looking at each other through a screen, let's be honest. It's a good... Like, it's not an alternative, but it works temporarily. Temporarily, yeah. I mean, we can only do what we can do. Yeah, but... And if anything, I think we're lucky to be able to access this technology in order to do that. But I think we need to remember that seeing people in person is super important. So there are some health implications when we're talking loneliness and experiencing loneliness. Um, Loneliness, living alone and poor social connections are actually as bad for you as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Which is wild. Isn't that? Actually. Isn't that just wild? And it also puts people at greater risk of cognitive decline and Mm -hmm. dementia. Yeah, so it does actually have an impact. It's not just a feeling. There there are um, detrimental implications. Yeah. If if it's left untreated, so to speak. Yeah. Um... I want to acknowledge the systemic issues that are at play here, you know, the way that we're expected to work, um, the difficulty between striking a work-life balance and reaching this level of success that we're seeing advertised Mm -hmm. here, there and everywhere, um, that we're almost shamed for playing um yeah you know for just doing nothing for just hanging out with our friends because it doesn't seem to be productive yeah it's almost like something that you have to add into your diary and I get it as we get older I'm seeing this more and more but I think it's important to keep that childlike play mentality and um energize each other and recharge each other and nourish each other because that's what we're that's how we're designed biologically literally like whether you want to or not that's how you're designed yeah yeah. (laughs) trust me I learned the hard way but I know also that there are people out there who acknowledge the fact that they're lonely and they're desperate for some social connection. Yeah. Um, what would you recommend for them? Just doing stuff that I really enjoyed, mm. really helpful, because when I would go to those events or doing things that I liked, I always met people there who right. were um, also into the same things that I was into. Um, and yeah, I just made some really good connections doing that kind of stuff. Also reaching out to people People that I felt like, oh, we haven't talked in too long. It's been too long. And now it's, I can't reach out. You can. Um, And let them know that you're thinking of them. You know, check in with your friends. Talk to your family if, you know, if you've got a good relationship. I think as well, we can't ignore the fact that loneliness is often a result or... um, a factor in depression and anxiety. So when you're feeling anxious, you might not want to go out and interact with people because it it gives you panic attacks mm-hmm. or you have um, uncomfortable symptoms as a result of meeting up with people and yeah. speaking to them. And with loneliness, it's just this lack of motivation to do anything yeah. that correlates it to um, depression. So I think if if that is something that you're affected by, to just make sure that you have a a treatment plan in place. You yeah. Know, whether it's seeking therapy, whether it's going on medication, whether it's making sure that you keep up with your routine, with your meditations. Do you know what I also think is really important? And I'm not telling people to go out and buy an animal, but having a pet. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> like all those times that I was by myself, I used to think if I had a dog right now, that would make me feel so much more <laughs> supported and not as lonely. 
So if you've got a pet, hang out with your pet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you don't want to leave the house or you don't want to talk to people. That's so true. Some people don't have that. Yeah. Luxury, though. They can't have a pet at home. So I think I would agree with what you were saying about doing the things that you enjoy and then seeking yeah. a group as a result. If you're going through something, if it's grief that's um, spiraling you into loneliness, I always, always highly recommend grief groups, even yeah. though they might seem really... Overwhelming. Overwhelming and off-putting. Um, they are so, so helpful. That's so true, actually. I think especially in a time like this, it's yeah. really important to talk about grievance mm-hmm. um, because people have lost a lot of people. And it's not just losing people, but people are losing jobs. They're you know losing money. Um, I think and- everyone's lost their vision of their future as they had imagined it at the beginning of exactly, the year, right? That's yeah. a grievance in itself. Uh, I'm not saying join a grief group for that. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that can definitely um, cause someone to feel lonely, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to keep this conversation going and to be vulnerable and courageous in discussing this topic with other people because it is stigmatised it is something that we're going to be seeing more of given the circumstances yeah. and this constant change. Um, and it's something that we can overcome, but only together. Yes. It's not an individual thing. You can't think your way out of loneliness. It's something where it, it requires action. Exactly. From you and from others. Yeah. So people can only know what you're thinking if you're communicating your needs yeah. to them. You know, that as well. And if you don't necessarily want to communicate it verbally, I think even doing creative activities with other people is yes. really, really nice. Yeah. Um, like any type of music therapy or if you enjoy art or any kind of DIY workshops, anything like that. Um, if you don't want to just sit and talk about your feelings and why you're lonely, etc., I think that's another really good outlet definitely i would agree i would agree um and yeah do your do your compassion self-compassion meditations honestly they are amazing yeah so before we finish up this episode which i hope was helpful to you it's our song of the week yeah so i'm gonna say given the title given the topic of the week my song of the week is going to be chronic's loneliness Oh, I don't know what mine is. Give me a sec. Oh, well, that's cheating. I've, I'm just looking at my saved songs. Mm-mm. I've been listening to Alicia Keys <laughs> all week. I love Alicia Keys. If I was your woman. That's what I've been listening to all week. Yeah, there you go. That's my song of the week. If I was your woman by Alicia Keys. Lovely. I just wanted to make it a bit more on topic, but I guess we are actually doing songs of the week. Yeah, we? so, absolutely. Yeah, loves me a bit of Alicia. Okay, well, this was actually meant to be our final episode of the season, but we got one more for you! (laughs) Um, Because we thought we can't end it on this. Um, Again, we're going to open up the forum. Hopefully you guys have got some stuff to talk about, to add to the conversation. Um, But our last episode of the season is going to be ways in which we're looking after ourselves during COVID-19. Some tips and tricks. And tools and techniques. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And we will see you soon. Bye. Goodbye.